Alright, I will speak. Wait, wait, sit where you're gonna sit. Wait, Leon, back up, because we need to do it like we're gonna sit. What the fuck? Yeah, what yeah, exactly. Like, How are you gonna talk to the kids? We can sit like this. Back if I'm close, then you're telling me to back up. Alright, bro. Testing, I'll speak. Testing, one, two, three. Speak. Bark. He told me to speak. Wolf. Nick. Testing, one, two, three. Leon. We're actually talking. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Alright, cool, 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 cool. Hey, it's your boy Trevor. Hey, yo. Hey, y'all. Boy D. And Nikki G. And this is Just Talking. What's up, guys? It's your boy here. Fresh cut Kool-Aid in the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to take this episode in a totally different direction. I felt like we do talk about different uh, themes, different topics, different ideas, but we haven't really taken the time to fully dive into the Bible to bring it, bring in the importance of what studying the Word truly is. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes down to push a shove. That's where we need to get everything from, the word. So I said, you know what, guys? Let's do a Bible study on the book of Daniel. And what we are about to dive into and show y'all is that each and every one of us took a, two chapters from the book of Daniel and are going to speak on it, talk about the themes, underlying things that we gained from it, what we've learned from it, as well as giving you a little bit of a summary of each chapter, specifically in the two that we're going through. As well as the last two, we're going to dive together as a whole unit and speak on that as well. So, without further ado, Trevor starts off with one and two. Yeah, yeah. What's popping? Um, Nothing much, just talking. Hey, oh, nice. sweet. Well, so, right to one. <laughs> rest in peace. Um, I'm going to be starting with Daniel one. Um, and then just to kind of give y'all context on like what's happening, in case you, you've never read it, you've never heard any of these stories. Um, you have this king named Nebuchadnezzar, who's pretty much one of the craziest dudes out there. Um, and he takes over the kingdom of Judah and captures the the best of the best. So he takes out, I think it's the 10%, I want to say. Mm -hmm. But he takes the smartest men, smartest, or the smartest, most wise, best fit, whatever, like the cream of the crop. And so his goal is to take him into his um, city to kind of, in a sense, brainwash them. And to let them know, you know, he's going to feed them well. He's going to do all these great things for them. And so when those 10% goes back to their old country, whatever, their old city, they'll tell them how great their captors are. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So he takes these four awesome men that we're going to be talking about. You got Daniel. You got, and I'm going to do the, my best here, uh, Hananiah, um, which means Yah is gracious. Fun fact. He takes Michelle, which means who is what God is, and Azariah, which means Yah has helped. Um, and so you may be like, well, I've never heard of um, Azariah, uh, Hananiah, and Michelle, but those are the best the, the best trio out there. You got Rashak, Shadrach, my bad, Shadrach, <laughs> Meshach, and Abednego. Um, talk about Toby. Talk about Toby. Talk about Toby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pretty much, guys, what happens in this first chapter, you know, I – I said, give me a theme. My theme for this one is anti-hesitation with the culture <laughs> around you, right? Oh, um, so pretty much what happens in this um, is the king takes these men. He gives them these, these uh, their Hebrew names, 
right? No, not their Hebrew names. He gives them their uh, their like city names. He wants to get rid of their Hebrew names. Um, and he says, hey, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to feed you guys. And y'all are just going to learn right now. And so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, hey, the food that you're giving us, this meat has not been cleaned to our religious standards. So we can't eat it. Because if we eat it, what we're doing is we're turning our back on our faith, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, Daniel tells tells this to his like leader. He says, hey, I'm sorry, we can't eat any of this food. Is it okay if you just give me vegetables? Like, that's all I want. Just give me vegetables. Don't give me the wine. Don't give me the meat. And he goes, you know, the, the person says, well, I can't give you just the vegetables because you're going to get weak. And Daniel says, trust me, give me 10 days. If you give me 10 days, I'll go strong with, with, this, uh, with these vegetables. And um, in those 10 days, I want to read a scripture from it. Now, part of the um, point of fasting is you are taking away something that you need or something that's important to you and relying on God to provide, right? Mm-hmm. And so in this moment, these these um, boys, I think they're like 17, right? Around this time, yeah. They're like super young, um, you know, gave up their their food, gave up the thing that's supposed to nourish them. And in Daniel 1 verse 17, it said, God gave these four young men an unusual appetite for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel a special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. So in this time when they were fasting from their meat, not only were they gaining all of this stuff, um, this wisdom and this, um, what is it called? Uh, wisdom, but also Daniel, the ability to interpret dreams. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness gracious. I lost my train of thought. But not only did he get that, um, when the King Nebuchadnezzar, he he did his like end of the year reviews with all of his magicians and whatnot, um, you actually find out that these men have surpassed every single one of them. So these are the highest of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much what this goes down to is in a, in a society, in this culture, they are unwilling to bow down. And because they're unwilling to bow down, God gives them these amazing, crazy spiritual gifts. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I guess like my theme with that is culture is going to try to break you. But there's ways where you can work around culture. So that you're not defiling your faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this kind of comes back into chapter three, um, but I don't want to get into that. But that was kind of my theme for this chapter. The thing I learned from it is culture is going to say you have to do something this way and you can only do it this way. Um, but God will give you an ability. God will give you a way where you can you can go around that. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to confine to the norms of society. Um, second one, like I said, Nebuchadnezzar, super crazy dude. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he has a bad dream. We've all had nightmares. You know what I mean? Um, and so he starts crying. He starts freaking out. He goes to his magicians and his wise men. And he says, what you're going to do is you're going to tell me what my dream is. And then you're going to tell me what it means, right? And uh, they're like, yeah, we can't do that. No one can tell you what your dream is. If you tell us your dream, we'll interpret it. But we can't tell you what it is. Um, and so he goes, screw you guys. I'm going to kill all my wise men. So all those 10%, everyone in the king, he goes, I'm going to kill you guys because y'all don't know what you're doing. Um, Daniel prays and he says, um, he says, uh, God revealed this to me. You know what I mean? Um, and God reveals it. Not only does he reveal the dream to uh, Nebuchadnezzar, but he also reveals the interpretation of the dream, um, which is a gift that he got in that first chapter. Um and so Daniel tells him the dream. And pretty much the dream is there's a statue. The head's made of gold. The the iron is chest. The thighs are bronze. And the toes are iron and clay. Because um, toes are nasty. That's, that's <laughs> biblical. Um, but uh, 
um what happens is a, a rock comes and it destroys it it destroys it you know what i mean yeah. it breaks down the statue um and so for this one the theme that i was i was trying to figure out you know what is the theme what is the lesson i learned from this and god placed nebuchadnezzar as king it says in scripture that he is the one of the best kings out there that he even places places the animals under authority or under his authority um sometimes there are some crazy leaders that we have to follow you know what i mean and they're gonna be doing some crazy things like he literally was like you can't tell me what my dream is i'm gonna kill everyone in the kingdom you know what i mean yeah um but trusting that god knows what he's doing and that he is god and he is good um is is that theme that i learned from this that that having faith in god and and coming to him in that situation because you know daniel was like dude this is all my god i don't i didn't i didn't learn this god revealed it to me you know my yeah. god reveals the secrets um but yeah that's kind of my theme um of this one is that sometimes there's crazy people in authority but god is going to come through at the end and help you out with it that is daniel chapters one and two spark note edition with trevor goat you're signing out all right before i go into chapters three there in daniel two there are like two side notes that i wanted to bring to attention of all the listeners the first one is when daniel was praying to god asking hey god reveal to me that dream reveal to me the interpretation so that your glory can be shown the moment god does it the first response for daniel is, is worship mm. he goes straight to god said god thank you it is the only way that i could ever figure any of this out is because you revealed it to me that's good worship and then the other one is some of us forget that the bible is historically accurate as well and the bible is that kind of saying is that like if we think of that whole Samson saying is like Samson predicted the future. Oh, it was on the Samson. That's how we saw it. The Bible is like it was in the Bible before it happened in the world, and now we're looking at it in the world. But the Bible already said it was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So in that dream, in this footnote that I'm reading, if you ever get a study Bible written by Tony Evans, I recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, this one is in the in his um commentary, it's like he explains what that dream is and what each of those body parts were. So he's like, the, the kingdom illustrated by the chest and arms are silver, which talk about the, the meadow and the Persian empire. Mm -hmm. That's the empire that was able to topple Babylon. And they were over, they overthrew Babylon decades later after Daniel. And Daniel ended up serving one of the kings in that time, which we'll talk about later. The third kingdom was Greece under Alexander. And that's the one that ends up taking down the kingdom of the Meso, Meso and Persian Empire. Mm -hmm. The Greeks take them down. And then after them, the one that is strong as iron is the Roman Empire. And they're the ones who end up crushing Greece. And during this time is when Jesus was born. So the, that dream that he had, it was deep, God basically saying, these are the empires that I will be putting in charge mm -hmm. to take each and every one of you down. Because I am above all. I am the one who puts those people in charge. Yeah. Nobody's in charge unless I say so. Mm -hmm. And the most beautiful thing, he, at the end, he shows that stone. The one that comes out and destroys everything. Mm -hmm. And is unmoved, undestroyed. That one is talking about the kingdom that God will come and create himself. Yeah. So at the end, God is like interpreting, okay, we already seen the Persian Empire take down Babylon. We've already seen the Greek Empire take down the Persians. We've seen the Roman Empire come and destroy the Greeks. So what's next? God's Empire is about to come and 
They don't do the same thing. They don't lay waste. They gotta lay waste. It's like in the Looney Tunes when <laughs> the coyote does the thingy, the jigger. Okay. Bugs in the boulder or something. There's there's things there. <laughs> so let's go into with all said and do, let's go into chapter three. Yeah, that's a beautiful notes, and I'm gonna read because I like to read. So this chapter is about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the trial in the furnace. I know a lot of people are like, that's not their birth birth given names. It's just mm. easier. Yeah. For it's us. Easier. It's not their government names. It's not the, yeah. Um, like a little funny side tidbit is uh if you ever heard about that. No, I'm not gonna go to that tidbit. Tidbits suck. We want fun facts or nothing. <laughs> Wait, I want the tidbit. You want the tidbit? I'm kind of curious now. It's like when the when the slave master is looking at him and says, "What's your name?" He's like, "My name is uh, what did he say? What did he say? He said, uh, my name is Kuta Kendi." He's like, "No, your name is Toby." And beats him. With oh, it. is that so, where that came from? That is where that came uh, from. Uh, I've been telling people my name is Toby this whole time. <laughs> what? Well, basically. Basically, if you look at it, it's the same kind of concept. Yeah. They come in from a whole different nation and tribe, and they come to this whole new nation, and all of a sudden, they're given this whole new name, given, in a sense, a whole new identity, because yep. our name is part of our identity, yeah. and they're forced to live with it. Yeah. But they don't conform, and that's what I love about this chapter. And they eat the meat. Football, they football. eat the meat. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in here, for sure. I see that people who don't like... I, I see that people who don't like the success that these guys have went to the king and they tried to get him in trouble by telling him that they're not bowing down to the idol. So so in this, we're seeing that a lot of people are like, okay, these guys are not bowing down to the king. These guys have so much success with the king, but there's no way we can get them in trouble unless we go through the way they serve their God. Mm-hmm. And these guys we see these guys the power we see in these guys the power of faith which is the underlying theme in chapter three uh-huh. they believe that god would deliver them but they also have the same mindset if god doesn't deliver them they would rather die than bow that's bold because it says god shows in the end god shows favor not only by protecting them in the fire but also allowing the fire to burn the one thing that was holding them back those ropes so the only thing in that fire that burned off was the ropes that held them captive mm-hmm. This is, another, this is another moment we see God using an unfavorable situation and turning it not just for us, but for others' good. I got that no matter how bad the situation, God will be with us right in the fire. Because even in the story, there when the king Nebuchadnezzar looked, he's like, we threw three in there, but now there's four. Yeah. And not only are they walking around, but they're praising. And that fourth one looks like the son of God. And when they came out, and the only thing that was burnt off of them was their ropes, it shows that them walking in faith is more than just saying it, is actually doing it. Because I know a lot of us have been thrown into different situations mm-hmm. that can be seen as a furnace, a fire. But when we push comes to shove, are we just words? Or are we actually living up to it? Are we actually willing to burn, even if God won't take us out? The mm. There's the one scripture, verse 17, and which like, this one blew me away. And it says, even if we are thrown into the, or wait, no, no. He says, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the uh, into the blazing furnace, our God, whom we serve, is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he does not, 
we will make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your God or worship um, your gold statue that you've set up. And and God... 16, 18. Yeah. That's such a bold mm-hmm. statement. That's a bold statement, but that's a bold, like... Even your, if he your, does your, your, your actions. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, look. Look, our God is able to do everything and more, right? Mm-hmm. But And even if he doesn't save us, you, you suck so much. <laughs> we still not gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, I'd rather die. Yeah, he said, burn me. Dip us in some batter and make us fry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I heard it said, um, God didn't save them from the furnace, but He saved them in the furnace. In the furnace. Yeah. Which you know what I mean? Like a lot of us think, like God, why are you putting me through this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But He's burning off that bondage. You know what I'm saying? He's burning off those things that are what you love. What's what's their uh, Malcolm City? Um, t- uh, I wanna be. Uh, refined, refined. Say, what I say? Malcolm, Malcolm City. City. Malcolm City. I was lost. I wanna be refined. Refined. Refined by tried, fire. Tried by fire. Tried by fire. Purified. Purified. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't read this. I wouldn't. It's not gonna take that long, but I wanna read this little insert of, um, inside this study Bible I have by Tony Evans. He's like, a little bird was flying south for the winter, but the air, but the air became cold that it began to freeze and could not get to a warmer climate. After some time, the bird collapsed in a large field while a herd of cows gay, grazed. Eventually, a cow came by and dropped manure on the pleasing bird. That's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> At first, the bird was very upset until it felt how warm the manure was. Before too long, it began to thaw out and became so excited <laughs> and started to sing with joy. Then a cat happened to be passing by and heard the bird joyful singing. He followed it to the pile of manure and started digging, the, digging until he discovered the little bird. And promptly ate it. There, there's a number of lessons we can learn from this story. First, not everyone who drops manure on you is your enemy. Second, not everyone who digs you out is your friend. And third, when you're in manure or when you're in crap, it's best to keep your mouth shut. So don't go around <laughs> saying, "Ah, I'm in trouble." And then, because some, <laughs> <laughs> some of the people who come to help you, some of the people who come to help you are not your friends. Some of the people who seem to be hurting you. Wow, I'd be helping you. Only so wait, that was in your that was in your study Bible. Study Bible. That's wild. That's just it's funny that a study Bible would say crap, bro. <laughs> That's okay. <wild. laughs> so like that in that study Bible is like walk by faith, don't just talk by faith. Mm-hmm. So with that, let's go to chapter four. And in chapter four, it, it's my little summary. The king started off by praising God, then had a dream. And the dream, the king is released from his human mind and given the mind of an animal. Daniel interprets the dream and warns the king that if he stops his sin and does what is right in the sight of the Lord, he will be saved. The king, well, ends up not giving an answer. Nebuchadnezzar is nuts, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually the dream is executed. After a while, he regains his sanity, and his first response is to praise God. The underlying theme that I get from this is that the pride, the proud will always be humbled. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that shook me the most is even after Daniel interpreted the dream, Daniel still gave the king a way out. He said, hey, if you repent from your sin, if you go to God right now, he will deliver you. He will give you that way out. You don't have to become that mindless human being, lose your sanity, become an animal, wander around the wilderness for seven years. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And just like the wild king that he is, that we we will get to dive deeper into, he does it exactly that. Mm -hmm. He ends up not going to God. He ends up saying, you know what? He's standing at the end. He said, "This whole kingdom, I build it myself." Yeah. And the moment he says that, 
He loses his sanity, mm-hmm. jumps in the woods, grows nails, gets hairy. As a rat. That was such a weird part. <laughs> <laughs> it happened in an instant, the moment yeah. he said that. So I was like, how are you talking? Yeah. But yeah, the underlying thing that I get from this is that God will always humble the proud. Mm-hmm. So no mm-hmm. matter how proud you are, no matter how up on top of the mountain you are, you always need to remember that before you got to the top of that mountain, there was a valley you used to be in. Yeah. And you need to take that mindset and go, okay, God helped me out the valley to place me on this mountain. He can also just remove me from the mountain mm-hmm. to place me in a new valley. I need to humble myself, always knowing that I didn't get here by myself, nor did I get out by myself. It's God who's pushing me through. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like the first four chapters pair really well together. Because in chapter one, you have the the four guys um, able to work around the society and still mm-hmm. honor God. But in chapter three, they're, they're not able to work around it, right? They said bow or be burned, right? Yeah. And so you see where God shows there's a way out, but there's also where God shows, hey, you may have to die for me. You know what yeah. I mean? Chapter two and chapter four, you got the um, God showing like, hey, I can take you. You're, I put you in authority. I made you that gold head. I'll throw a rock right now. I, I can take you down real Throwing quick. Everything. And then you have in chapter four where he does. He takes him out. He says, hey, listen up, mister. You got a big head. I'm taking you out. You're going to be an animal. So I had chapter five and six, which are the more commonly known stories. Um, So in chapter five, we have the handwriting on the wall. So we get introduced to this new character, King Belshazzar. Um, He's Nebuchadnezzar's son, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar's father. Um, You know, he's a king, all that good stuff, blah, 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 blah. And one day, you know, they're partying, they're having fun, they're drinking wine, they're having praising the gods, the gold and all that. They're just chilling, having a great time. And out of nowhere, it says immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way, his knees knocked together. And so obviously I feel like it should raise some alarms if you see a giant hand just writing in your do you know how fast i'd be out of this house <laughs> <laughs> like why they sat there like bewilders me yeah no, i would watch it hey leon it. I why know did they, why did the hand appear like what were they doing to cause the hand so appear? funny that you mentioned that i'm glad you did what so it says host. here um in, in verse 2 belshazzar when he tasted the wine commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the kings and his lords, his wives, his concubines might drink from them. And then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and the concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So they took stuff out from the temple of God. Oh. And not only did they take them out, they're like, yo, you know it would be cool if we drank from them. Oh. That's like, <laughs> like, yo! Not only did you commit one offense, uh, one offense, you committed a double homicide right now. <laughs> You're just asking to be murked. It's like something, <laughs> something that white people would do in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so so obviously King Belshazzar is freaked out as as with good reason, as he mm-hmm. should, as you should, and he's he's asking all the people in his kingdom. He's like, hey, all the wise men, all the enchanters, the child. The, the the Chaldeans, the Chaldeans, Chaldeans. I think it's Chaldeans. I like mm-hmm. that. And then the astrologers, which in my head, I'm like, yo, what are, what are the 
Hey, look at that Orion's belt, man. Look what, like, <laughs> bro. What they'd be like, Bowser says is a Pisces. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yo, I think that, uh, I think the hand was a Taurus. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so it's funny because he calls all these people and he's literally says, Hey, whoever reads this writing and show me the interpretation, they're gonna be like put up on the highest honor, they're gonna be yeah. clothed in, in purple. Have a chain of gold around his neck and shall become the third ruling kingdom. That's that's pretty high praise, you know. Like if you can get this, like you basically get to rule the kingdom along, you know. And so all the wise men, everyone came, and nobody got it. They're like, yo, you said you said you saw a giant hand, like my guy. I think you need to lay off the wine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's and then it's funny because then the queen actually came in and she was once like hey oh king live forever let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change there is a man in a king in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods in yeah. the days of your father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him um so he's talking about daniel right oh she's talking about daniel danny d um and so it's funny because then daniel was brought upon upon belshazzar and the king immediately says this is how he greets Daniel. He's like, you are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king, my father, brought from Judah. I have heard of you that the spirits of gods is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Okay. And so basically he asked Daniel, he was like, yo, what does this mean? And Daniel was like, okay, cool, cool. Give me a sec. You know, let your get. He's like, and, and obviously Belshazzar is like, yo, if you get this, like think of all the, the riches and all the fame I'll give you. Yeah. Daniel essentially goes, yo, let your gifts be for yourself. Give your rewards to other another. But I'll still read it. I'll still interpret it. And eventually he he does. And we find out that the writing was inscribed. And I might be butchering this, but it's Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Parson. Um, so basically what it what it's interpreted to is Mene, Mene, Mene. Basically, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel. You have been weighed in the balances of and found wanting. And Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Ooh. So basically, he's like, he basically told homeboys, like, yo, you're going to get overrun. you about to get cut. You're, you're going to get murked. <laughs> and Belshazzar basically said, oh, wow, that is great explanation. And he puts Daniel on this high pedestal, gives him everything. <laughs> and that very night, this is the part <laughs> I'm about, that very night, Belshazzar was murked. <laughs> it literally says that very night, Belshazzar, the, the Chaldean king, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about sixty-two years old. Got murked the same night. Like <laughs> when God said He gonna do something, He gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get what's wrong with these kings. Every time the kings are like, Daniel, you've interpreted my dream. You're so smart, and they're like, God is good. And the next they're like. Man, dude, let's worship a goat. <laughs> let's let's talk about worshiping a goat. Help me out here. Um, these are these days? kings are the king. Uh, the soil was it the soil of the um the with the rocks in it, where the seeds fall in, and they began to grow. But the the you know what I'm talking about in the parable of the three soils, the parable of the seed. Is it the parable of the seeds where they they receive the word? They receive it. They think it's good, but then no. Is it the thorns when they start to grow? Yeah, the thorns. They go there the it thorns. is. Yeah, they're like God is good, and then like the thorns choke them out, and they're like ah, goats are cool too, though. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, what I got out of this, um, obviously, you know, I think some a big theme that I really saw was 
if we let God take control of our lives and let him run our life, it shows, mm-hmm. right? Um, because obviously we see the astrologers, the little mystery, like, oh, I'm a Pisces, you know, red moon, blah, blah, blah. You know, like <laughs> they couldn't do anything. But because Daniel had the had the spirit, he had he had God in him, right? Mm-hmm. That people were able to notice, like, yo, he may not have, um, he may, and they, it's funny because they referred it to like, um, they said he, they, we heard that you have the spirit of the gods, but they noticed there's something different about him. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I found while reading this chapter is that, you know, like they noticed something different. Like when you have the spirit of God in you, people will notice something different. They may not be able to attach that with the concept of God himself, but they'll be like, yo, there's something different. Yeah. Know? Something is just wildly different about this guy than any others. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, so that's that one. And chapter six. Dan in the Lion's Den. Um, I'm going to really what? go over a really quick summary because I feel like <laughs> most of us know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you should. Most of mm-hmm. us. Most of us know this one. If not, it's chapter six. Yeah. We still love you if you don't. Most of us know this one. Um, so essentially, basically, King Darius. King Darius and, and Daniel, they're tight. King Darius likes, likes Daniel. He's like, yo, this is my homeboy. This is Danny D. Like, I love this guy. And Daniel got along with King Darius. And uh, essentially, long story short, these advisors of King Darius, like, they hated Daniel. They mm-hmm. just hated the fact that Daniel worshipped God and, and was very open about it and very public about it. They're like, yo, mm-hmm. we're going to find a way to get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. Because he's way too close with King Darius. They low-key had a little jealousy complex, but we'll talk about that in another episode. <laughs> um, but they were like, yo, like, this guy, this guy is bad news, right? So they tricked king darius into signing a law says that everyone has to pray to him and that anyone caught praying to any other god or any other person will be put in the lion's den yeah and daniel has this routine where he prays to god every single day and he's you know he has this window open he's like hey i'm letting people know i pray to god long story short the visors catch him praying to god not to king darius and they're like yo king darius you see this man you wrote the laws and now you got thrown the lion's den and king darius like oh my god <laughs> oh my god like how did i do that but daniel knew that he assigned it he still had his windows wide open mm-hmm. and still prayed he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before god as he had done previously and so then after that so the king had no choice because now he's stuck in this position he's like mm-hmm. well if i don't put daniel through this then my authority as a king is is broken Mm-hmm. So he had to go through with it. He he put he went through with it. He eventually put Daniel in the lion's den. Long story short, Daniel spent a whole night in the den, came out unharmed. And and like the king was like, Daniel, Daniel, you know, you you good, bro? Like, hey bro, like you good? And Daniel goes, Yeah, bro, don't worry about it. Obviously, this isn't word for word what they say, but what is in the Bible? They said, No, nah, I'm good, dog. <laughs> but like basically Daniel goes, he says, and I love this, he goes. My God sent his angels, shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. I'm imagining like an angel coming in. He's like, nah, just, just closing them mouth. Yo, these lions are over here. Just, <laughs> they're like struggling. <laughs> they're trying their best. And then like, they're like, you know what? I, it's not worth it. <laughs> um, and so then Daniel eventually was taken out. The advisors, the king realized he'd been tricked. So the advisors, the king put the advisors into the den and his whole, their whole family. And <laughs> they got murked by lions. Not right. just the visor, but their kids and their yeah, wives. their whole wow. everything. And after that, King Darius literally started giving glory to God. He started praising God, yeah. peace, peace be everything. You know that 
I'm going to make a decree that we're all going to fear before the God of Daniel. He's a living God. His kingdom should never be destroyed, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and that's amazing. That's a good story. We love happy endings. Um, what I got from this was actually that, and it's funny because um, Pastor Zane talked about this not too long ago, but it's having, or not Pastor Zane, I think it's Pastor Mike who talked mm-hmm. about this, having that spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that in this case, like Daniel did not have that spirit of fear. He did not let that hold him back. He knew the consequences of everything that would happen. Yeah. And he goes, hey, not only am I going to pray and, and disobey your law, but I'm going to do it even more open now. Mm-hmm. Like he could have, honestly, he could have easily went up in like a little prayer closet and yeah. prayed in there and no one would have found out. No, he goes, hey, you see this window? Boom. I'm praying in front of you. Like <laughs> he did not have that spirit of fear. He did not let that dictate his life. And he said, because if that spirit of fear dictates my life, then yeah. then what's the point of me following Christ? You know, like mm-hmm. he, he, he says that the Lord has not found blame in me yeah. because he devoted his whole life to Christ. He goes, I'm not going to have that spirit of fear. I'm going to I'm going to keep keep pushing forward. I want people to know who I am, even if I'm willing to die for it. Yeah, that's wow. good. And he's he, had, he wasn't even scared of dying because he knew that the Lord would deliver him from death. Yeah, that was the amazing part. This is during the Persian Empire, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, it's good, it's good, it's good, guys. So my chapters are uh, seven and eight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up a, a little bit um, compared to everybody else's. Um, my underlying thing for both chapters, um, because these chapters speak heavily on uh, on prophecy, Ooh. and so and so that in itself is pretty dope. But um, my theme is two D versus four D. Oh right, um. So and, and and as and as I as I go through this chapter with chapters with you guys, you guys will begin to you know start to see that. Now, um, once you hit Daniel seven, you're like, all right, cool. How do I like? All right, how how how's this broken up? What, what's the how do I read this exactly? So, verses one through fourteen of of Daniel chapter seven uh, is is the vision that God gave to Daniel, um, the prophecy. And then, and then verses 15 through 28 um, are, the, are the interpretation of it, mm. the, the breakdown of it. Um, and, so, and so in these, uh, in, chapters, in, uh, in chapter 7, uh, four beasts are mentioned. Um, you have a lion, you have a bear, you have a, you have a, you, you have just, just, just these, these beastly beasts. That's what yeah. I'm calling them. One of them has like multiple body parts, right? Yeah. Um, a leopard. And there's a horn. There's horns. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so. Lion. And so uh, each of these four, beings? each of these four beasts represent a king, and thus resulting in a kingdom. Each beast has its own unique characteristics, um, and and the four uh, and the fourth beast appears to be appears to differ from the entire from the from the other three mm-hmm. in the sense of that he's more beastly, more powerful, more destruction, more destructive. He's just he's a beast. He's yeah. a, he's the beast of beasts. Once you once you fin- he's Mister Beast. Once you yeah, once you get <laughs> three beasts, you have King Beast. <laughs> um, and uh. But but with this beast, wow. what's unique about him is that he he has eleven horns, um, and these uh, these eleven horns in this vision um, are kings from from which kingdoms arise. Now this fourth beast seems to he, he's different in the sense of that three horns um, fall to to make space for one little horn, um, and 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 the and uh, the breakdown of this chapter it it refers to that as a. Uh, this little horn becomes the great blasphemer, whose life and kingdom is suddenly cut off by the ancient days of sun and man. Um, now, to the interpretation of this of this chapter, like what's the point of it? 
um, and, and like, what can we take from it? So in the later days of, of uh, b- before the kingdom of God is established on earth, the kings and kingdoms will become worse and worse. Um, so as, as time goes on, this is, this is a prophecy. Um, it's saying as time goes on, the kingdoms will become worse and worse. The kings will get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. We as a society, um, as a people, we'll just, we'll, 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 we'll fall down the rabbit hole. Yeah. The wicked will seem to prosper. Will, will seem to prosper, um, and the righteous will suffer. Mm. But in the end, God will judge the wicked and establish His kingdom for His saints. Yeah. Um, and I and I love what I found online. It says the saints should expect to suffer because of their faith, especially as the last days for the kingdoms of men draw near. The saints should also expect the wicked to prosper for a season. For a season, mm. the saints should neither believe nor behave. I, I really love the fact that it says behave. Because the way we carry ourselves is super important. Yeah. So we should neither believe nor behave on how things appear um, with the wicked prospering and, uh, and prevailing of the righteous. The saints must believe and behave according to what God has promised about the future. The righteous will possess the kingdom of God forever. So speaking about, you know, going back to the theme, 2D versus 4D, right? To, to our people, to, to, the common, to the common man, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing people who, you're seeing serial killers, you're seeing rapists, you're seeing... You know, blasphemy. You're seeing, you're seeing the wicked prevail. Mm-hmm. They're getting, they're getting no uh, negative consequence. You know. Mm. Oh, I see where this is going. And, and the saints, <laughs> and the saints are, are like, well, we're doing everything right, but we're the, we're the ones being persecuted. We're the ones, yeah. you know, being, mm. being, you know, we're the gutter ball here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so their interpretation of this, of this vision is like, look, uh, and the prophecy really is like, look. There will be rough times coming ahead. This is I'm letting you know now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I am letting you know. I think this is I think this is like the first instant that that we get uh, a glimpse into Revelations. Yeah. Um, into the into the yeah. into the second coming of Christ. Because the little horn is in especially in the study book I have right now. The little horn is described as the Antichrist. Yeah. Exactly. And it's reverting back to Revelations. Exactly. And so um so, boom. That's that's chapter one. That's chapter seven. Chapter one. That's the first one. Chapter seven. Um, and part go- one. Yeah, part one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and going into chapter eight, uh, this is God de- declaring the end from the beginning. He's God's already declaring victory in in this in this vision that Daniel has in chapter eight. God's already declaring victory, um, from the very beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to, I want to bring up some verses that, uh, that attest to this. Ooh. Okay. So in, in, uh, in chapter seven, um, as, as Daniel's, uh, as Daniel's, Daniel's getting this prophecy, um, uh, this vision, I'm sorry. Uh, it says, I think in verse 24, he will become very strong. And, and by he, they're talking about the antichrist, mm-hmm. that little horn that rose up. Mm-hmm. That's why seven and eight go together perfectly. Um, that little horn that rose up, um, they're saying he'll become very strong, but not by his own power. You go skip ahead of Revelations um, 13, 2, and it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, uh, Daniel's Revelation. I'm going before, between Daniel's Revelation and, and, Re- and Revelation. Revelation. Okay. Cross-referencing. Boom. Revelation. So Daniel's revelation, revelation. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. Revelations. All the world, all the world wondered after the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, "Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with them?" 
Back to mm-hmm. Daniel. He will destroy the mighty mighty men and the holy temple. And it was uh, to Revelations. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Uh, back to Daniel. He will cause the seat to prosper and will con- will be will consider himself superior. Revelations and the beast was given a, a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. It performs great signs, and by the signs that it's allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it, de- it deceives those who dwell on earth. Now skip to when skip to uh, skip to uh, verse twenty-five in Daniel. It says, "Yet he will be destroyed, but not by any human power." Go to Second Thessalonians two eight. The lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his of his coming. So from the very beginning, in in these visions, um, God is like, "Look, Daniel, I'm a I'm gonna show you something real. I'm gonna show you something that you can't even comprehend right now because it's it's gonna be in 4D right now, and you're right now you're seeing in 2D. Got it. Um, and, and he, he's and uh, at the end of at the end of chapter eight of Daniel, it says, uh, the vision of the evenings and mornings that has been given to you, uh, given you given you is true, but seal the vision." For concerns the distant future. This is saying this is, this is saying this isn't happening anytime soon. This is happening in the far future. So be ready. Mm. Um, I Daniel was exhausted and lay ill for several days. Then I then I got up and went about the king's business, and I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond it was beyond understanding. So mm. reading that, I'm like, all right. When we're talking about the end of times right now, we we de- we go back and forth debating. We we bring up points. We bring up this, but most times we are super confused. And can't really comprehend anything. Definitely be trippy. And this is what this is what Daniel's experiencing on a greater level because he's receiving it straight from God Himself. He's like, boom, this oh, is yeah. this is what you're seeing. But right now, I know your eyes can't focus and make sense of it. Yeah. So let me send my my man Gabriel down to to help you understand. Um, but overall, guys, this these chapters seven and eight um are prophecies that that have, that happened in uh, that happened um shortly after but also happened um but also we're we're, we're prophesying of what's to, still to come what's still to come yeah yeah so so these prophecies did um reference like um upcoming like kings and kingdoms mm-hmm. but they also uh they also were also prophesying um the lord jesus our savior yeah and his coming to to uh destroy the antichrist mm-hmm. yeah um so that brings me back to the theme guys 2d versus 4d I freaking um, love that. What mm. what we will what we see versus what God has already declared. Yeah. And I love the fact that it's so early in the Bible. I didn't I actually didn't know this, you know. I truly didn't know that that you know back way back in Daniel, we didn't even touch the New Testament yet. Um way, way back in Daniel, God was like, homie, look, I I got I got a man. He's he's coming back. <laughs> he's coming and then he's coming back. I like that. Um mm-hmm. And right now, I know you can't comprehend it. Right now, I know you're frustrated. Right now, um, you just can't understand things. Mm-hmm. But this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So prepare, pre- so prepare our people, prepare our men, um, because the victory is, is already ours. This is sure. why we read the Bible. <laughs> this is why we read the Bible. All right, so I covered chapters 9 and 10. They're a little bit shorter. Um, so chapter 9, there's like two separate events that happen in it. Um, but the overall theme is um, fully surrendering. Ooh. Ooh. So um, in chapter nine, it starts off at Daniel praying for himself and for the people 
uh, for his people that Corey mentioned in the previous chapters, um, because they were wicked and they were sinful and then they were rebellious. Mm-hmm. He was just basically covering all the, the bases for his people and like praying for God to have mercy on him. Um, but at the same time, he was saying, judge them rightly, mm-hmm. but give them grace at the same time. And he's, he's not saying like, go easy on them. He's saying, do your will and don't wait for them at the same time. Like, don't wait for them to repent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do your will. Um, and then as he was praying, he gets interrupted by uh, an archangel Gabriel. And he Gabriel comes with an answer to the vision that he received in the was it the previous chapter? Chapter mm-hmm. eight? Yeah. Um, and then Gabriel explains about the 70 weeks, which is a lot of people have a lot of different interpretations about that. Yeah. Um, some people think it's like a metaphorical 70 weeks. Some people think it's literal. Um, there's in my study Bible, it says like there's some scholars that understand the 77th to be made up of 70 periods of seven years. 409 years. 490 years. Four oh. nine zero. Dang. I can't count. No, you, you had to have looked that up. There's no way you had that on the back here. Okay, I was, there's One, no way you're you that quick. Study Bible <laughs> I'm like, no way I was that quick. <laughs> Making my math. math. Making my math. Seven. Quick math. Quick math. <laughs> um yeah, that's basically the whole the whole chapter. He just um basically explains the book of Revelations to Daniel. Mm-hmm. Like the, the very end of it where like God or Jesus will return and then God will have judgment day and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what I got out of it um, is that the, the people he's praying for is people, they received God's graces and God's gifts, but they were focusing on the gifts instead of the giver. Mm. And that's where they were like going wrong. Yeah. And Daniel got was it. praying for them to like, get their eyes back towards the giver instead of focusing on what he gave them. Yeah. That's good. Um, and then chapter 10, um, this one's also super short. Um, Daniel receives a vision of a heavenly being. And so I'm going to, my theme for this one is fear of the Lord. Wow. I like boo. Um, it's Yeah. No, I meant like boo as in scary, not boo as in boo. No, I got you. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I got you. I didn't want you to think I was booing you. Yay, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this, Daniel was um, kind of like freaking out because he just received um, word from Gabriel or slash God. Um, Gabriel being the messenger. Yeah. yeah. Gabriel means messenger. We found that out last episode. Really? Yeah. Shout out to Io. Shout out to Io. Um, <laughs> so he was like still freaking out trying to process what happened. And then he gets hit with another big, like, smack in the face of heaven. Um, he gets a, a vision of a holy man. Um, and it says he was clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold uh, from Euphaz. Don't know what that is. Uh, around his waist and a body like barrel, which is like a fine gem. And his face is like the appearance of lightning with eyes like flaming torches. Jeez. So that that's like, I'm, I can't even picture that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and after he sees this, he falls on the ground because his body is so exhausted from seeing that. And he can't understand and process it. 
Mm. And then he's basically crying out to the Lord, like, what can I do now? My body's exhausted. I can't even stand up. Like, how am I supposed to worship you? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And then at the end of the chapter, the holy being touches Daniel and he's fully restored. Yeah. He goes back to um, how he was before. So what I got out of it is um, a lot of people get caught up and they stumble, they fall in their faith, right? They cry out to God, like, I've fallen. What now? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I can't do anything. But in this, Daniel was seeking the help from God, and that's where people stop. They forget to ask for help. They get caught up in trying to do it themselves, and they don't get help from the Lord. And that's exactly what Daniel did. So Euphaz, which is actually spelled U-P-H-A-Z, is like a, a long belt. That's the best way to describe how it looks. It looks like a very fat belt that goes from your belly button to your mid thigh. I think it's more of like a like a piece to make you look nice. Oh, okay. Just, what yeah, else? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Accessory. Yeah. Um, I have an interesting tidbit when I was reading this. So, in the beginning, we learned that Daniel, God gave Daniel the gift to interpret dreams and visions, mm-hmm. but he can't interpret his own, which See? is interesting. See? Dude, honestly, <laughs> like. Like, Daniel led an amazing life, but also, it was rough. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. You want me to interpret your visions? Boom, I got you. My visions, I'm laying down in bed ill for the next couple of days. <laughs> I can't stand up. I'm like, yo. That's literally like the, uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. No. <laughs> He's out here doing the most, getting hurt, bro. Um, Is that the end of it? Yeah, that's the end of it. So. Perfect. 12, 11 and 12. 11 and 12. We were going to have a special guest, um, Don't but know. we won't reveal him or her. It could be a her. Yeah, that is true. We are trying to get more people on the podcast. Um, so send us your resumes and uh, we'll look over them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you for an interview. Just talking speed day, bro. What? what? Um, all right, you take lead because it's your episode. We can jump in and, and knock it out. Okay, so the last two chapters 11 and 12 were also deep within prophecy as well and i know for a fact i was most likely not the only one that 11 tripped up tripped me up yeah while i was reading through it, I was like, probably the trippiest yeah i was like what's going on i'm what's seeing on? seeing oh. visions i'm seeing rewards i'm seeing kings queens i, I don't know what i don't know what i'm interpreting so and that's why we gave it to the guest <laughs> yes <laughs> that's exact because we're like the guest <laughs> wisdom would have been amazing on this, and still will be. Um. So within this chapter, a lot is actually going down. I know Trevor did write the theme that we did agree upon in our little so, session. Yeah, the the main theme, kind of just what what's happening right now is um, it's a it's pretty much a elongated conversation between Gabriel, which is what we've learned from Io in our previous episode, the messenger. Um, of God and um, of Daniel. And they're pretty much having this conversation. Um, Though I guess the main theme would be knowing and understanding God's purpose um, and knowing that at the end he has, uh, he has a way for you like that. It's going to be okay. Kind of like shout shout out to Corey, um, not looking at the 2d, but the 4d of the situation. Right. Um, And so pretty much like the main thing that we see with this, these two chapters is it's the abomination of 
desolation. Am I saying that right? I think I'm saying yes. that right. Mm-hmm. And it's referenced in both chapter 11 and 12. And I'm going to find it if I can. Did I not write it down? I did not. Okay, it's in um, on who wants to be in 11, who wants to be in 12. I got verses for y'all. I'll go to 12. Okay, 12, show me verse 11. And then on 11, show me verse 31. Those are the two where they talk about. Okay, you read first, Nick. All right, 11, 31. From him, forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress. And also take away the regular, regular burnt offering. And they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. Okay, now you read the, the so that's just that's that's it, it being referenced, not being explained. So I give me the the one from twelve, which should be thirty one, I believe. Twelve, eleven. Yes. Okay. And from the time the daily sacrifice is abolished, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be one thousand two hundred and ninety days. Okay, so that's it. Talking about the second, so. Pretty much this long conversation that Gabriel and Daniel are having is Gabriel's kind of just being real with him. He's like, hey, the closer it gets to God coming, the worse it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to get better. You know what I mean? What is the, the phrase? It's always going to, like, rain before the storm. Calm before the storm. Oh, it's calm, calm before, before the storm. storm. Well, he's saying, like, nah, it's going to be storming, and then it's going to be storming even worse. You know what I mean? Um, and then there's rainbow. And then there's a rainbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> um, but he's pretty much saying, he's like, look, like, Things are going to hit the wall. Like, you're going to have to understand that. Um, I want to say it's right here. Oh, goodness gracious. Sorry. We got a couple of notes that we're going off of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he's saying is, um, okay, here it is. Uh, in times of trouble. So Jesus refers to Daniel 12, number one, referring to the tribulations. Um, how many will fall away from the faith in the end times. And if you want to check that up with some other reference verses, you got 2 Thessalonians 2, yeah. 3 and 1. You got First Timothy four, uh, one through two, and then uh, there's another one. But pretty much what he's saying is, when it comes closer to these events, the closer that it gets to God coming, the further people will walk away, the further that people are going to stray away from the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's going part of it's going to be because of all these tribulations, these trials, yeah. the persecution that they're facing. Um, but that's just a part of the, the um the oh goodness gracious that's just part of it that's just part of what's going to happen all right so the second one and we had to cut it because we had to figure out part of it because uh i was tripping for a second so you're gonna hear a little small cut but the second theme that we're going to be seeing um is going to be um supernatural ministry so io can you talk about um uh or actually nick 12 one can you read daniel 12 one yeah uh at that time shall rise michael the great prince who has charge of your people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Okay. And then can you read um, 12, 7 through 9? 7. Yeah. 7 and 9? 7. Yeah. 7 through 9. Then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river. He raised both his hands towards heaven and swore by him who lived eternally that it would be for a time times. And half a time. When the power of the holy people was scattered, all those things would be complete. I heard, but did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? And he said, go on your way, Daniel. For the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, refined. But the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand. But those who have insight will understand. Mm-hmm. 
So pretty much what like what we're seeing right now from these two points is everything's gonna suck. Christians are gonna be persecuted worse than ever before. You're gonna have people slamming on you, doing all these nasty things too. But in this time of persecution, we're having Michael and his angels come through, and there's going to be an outpouring of the spirit that we've never seen before, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and so the third one is gonna be God's people are delivered. So can someone pull up? Oh, we already read 12.1. Nick, read 12, read 12.1 and 12 too, because this is where we're seeing that. Um, uh, yeah, I'll read being 12. persecuted, but the what is it? What is that saying where it's um the sow the seed and then reap the harvest? Like the reap, like the harvest will be heavy. Saying says it all the time. I'll try to think of it. You read it real quick. I'll read verse two. Okay. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So this is talking about you either are harvest is plentiful. Harvest, harvest is plentiful. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, I was like, I'm tripping. The harvest up. is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. And so this is what he's saying. He's like, look, dude, like there's gonna be a lot of people that are returning to God in this in this situation. There's also be a lot of people who are gonna be turning away from God. Yep. Um, wow. so you're having you're having both sides right now. Um uh and then let me see. Uh the last one we're gonna hit is going to be the increase in understanding of knowing God's plan. So this is important. Um, and Nick, can you can you pull up 11, um, 32, and 33? Don't read it yet, though. Yeah, I got it. Um, so, like, the reason we're talking about this and kind of closing up this this awesome study that I.O. provided for us, which is something completely different. We've never tried this before. Um, so it's super fun. But, um, the you know, I said it earlier, there's an importance about reading the Bible and so that we know when, this, when these situations come, we know what to expect, right? And God's kind of giving us a play-by-play on what's happening um so what we're seeing here is christians are being tried they're being yelled at they're being made fun of they're being discouraged they're being pushed beaten killed all of these nasty things and in that time god and his uh angels are going to deliver an outpouring of the spirit mm-hmm. even though there's going to be an outpouring of the spirit that we've never seen before yeah. um you're still going to have people who are going to be turning away from god in that situation um but there's also many people who are returning to god the the, the harvest is plentiful plentiful mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, a little tidbit uh what's it called i think i i, I definitely find it a little fascinating how a lot of people are like you know um god uh, what's it called god gave god gave these people in the bible play by play you know he gave them visions he gave them wonders he gave them signs of wonders, you know whatever, mm-hmm. whatever um you know times are different now it's almost like we're, we're by ourselves no this this bible this book this is also our play-by-play mm-hmm. um and, and and it says it you know um even though some of these prophecies were revealed shortly afterwards in the upcoming kings and kingdoms yeah um it's not done you know yeah. it's it's saying like hey we're gonna still keep getting worse mm-hmm. and worse you know um and it's gonna get to that point where, where we're just gonna constantly be like we're gonna be suffering in the midst of it but the Lord has already given us a prophecy of, of joy to come, regardless of our suffering. Yeah, this so, is like our playbook. This is yeah. yeah, this is our game plan. Um, and you know, we, we don't ever need to change it up, uh, because the victory's already been been written. Mm-hmm. You know, can you read that those thirty two and thirty three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. And the wise among the people shall make many understand, though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by ca- captivity and plunder. Can you keep going to 35? 
yeah. When they stumble, they shall receive a little help, and many shall join themselves to them with flattery. And some of the wise shall stumble, so they may be refined, purified, and made white until the time of the end. For it still awaits the, the appointed time. So the thing that I was like looking at a little earlier, the thing that stood out to me is like saying some of the those who understand will still fall, get refined, get purified, and it's gonna be like that until the end. Mm-hmm. So even some of us Christians, it's telling us it's not telling us we might, it's telling us we will fall. Oh, I mean shucks. looking towards um even the New Testament at Peter. Peter That's what fell. I was thinking too, yeah. And at that time Peter fell. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's the same scary. time what he, the heck? he came that back. Wild. He came back stronger. Yeah. He had a ministry that he did one little sermon and over what was it? Third, 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 third no, three thousand, three thousand, three thousand. We're saved. Um, it's funny when we were making this episode, we kind of had two themes that were popping up: the importance of reading the Bible, and and Daniel, like wanting to explain that story. Yeah. Well, this last point is literally we the whole we were like we're just going to talk about Daniel. We're going to focus on Daniel. But this whole last two, you know, wrapping this up is literally the importance of knowing and understanding God's purpose. And how do you do that? In this playbook. Exactly. Is being being by reading your Bible. So yeah. I'll hit a twofer. You know what I mean? He got Daniel <laughs> and he got his the importance of reading the Bible because that's what that's what he's saying here is like, hey, you need to know what you're getting into. How do you know what you're getting into? Read this book. <laughs> well, yeah. Read this book. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, you want to. But uh, Does anyone have anything else to add? No, not any final remarks. All right, you want to press out? Yes, sir. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, Father God, I want to thank you for today for just allowing us to dive into your word. Seeing the life through Daniel, seeing the life through his friends, seeing so many different themes that we see, and we know when our readers and listeners also come and do the same thing, they will find even things we didn't even see yeah. because you're a God of revelation. You're a God of just understanding and mm-hmm. wisdom. And you want your children to know what's to come. Sure. You want your children to know what's next. And you also want your children to be prepared and ready for you to come. So God, I pray you continue to give us a wisdom, the knowledge mm-hmm. and the understanding to be able to share and dive deeper into your word. Yes. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 You know how to close this out, Io. The ah. one tradition that we've kept. Potato chips. <laughs>